0: Welcome to the Overcoming Writer's Block podcast, episode number 131. Today, I interviewed the author of Untethered, Deborah Staunton. In her book, Deb tells the story of growing up with a mentally ill alcoholic father and the experience of raising a mentally ill daughter. It follows Deb's journey through multiple miscarriages and the untethering of minds, relationships, and pregnancies. At one point in her interview, Deb says, I just have to get 200 rejections and I'm on my way. Well, this statement beautifully illustrates Deb's tenacity when faced with challenges. In this episode, we talk about Deb's writing process and the resources she has accessed during the processes of writing, editing, and publishing her book. She talks candidly and with encouragement to others who have a story to tell. Her book, is a testimony to the resilience of the human spirit, and Deb inspires other writers to keep moving forward in the process of writing and getting their work out into the world. Welcome to the Overcoming Writer's Block podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hoffman. Has someone ever told you that you should write about an experience, but... You're not sure if your writing is good enough? Do you have a story to tell but are anxious about its success? Have you thought about writing a memoir but worry about being judged or criticized? Are you interested in writing a book but feel stuck and overwhelmed by the writing, editing, and publishing process? Well, I'm here for you. Every week on this podcast, I'll be answering your questions sharing my stories, and offering tips on how you can overcome writer's block. Sometimes my fellow sidetrack sister Judy Goodson will join me to offer advice. Other times I'll interview interesting and creative people to inspire you on your journey. So here we go. Hey Deborah Staunton, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. So this is the Overcoming Writer's Block podcast, and today we are interviewing Deborah Staunton, and she is an author that has a book called Untethered. Let's hear from you. Tell us all the things.
1: Where Start out by telling us a little bit about your book. My book is a collection of poetry and short prose pieces, and it came together over a very long period of time um the oldest piece in the book was written back in the 90s hmm. and the newest piece was finished right before it went to press so it's a very it was a very long ongoing project and it basically it is a it's basically a memoir in poetry and short
0: prose okay when you were writing um back at the beginning and putting these these memories and thoughts down on paper, did you know that the goal was to
1: have it someday a memoir? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I've always been a writer mm-hmm. from young childhood. I've always loved writing and reading. Uh, and I I've always kept a journal, a diary. But when I was in my early twenties, I decided that I was going to try to get my writing out there in some way. And I decided to start with magazines. I figured that I could approach trade magazines that I had knowledge and experience in and, and approach them with writing something that I thought was safe, you know, an Mm -hmm. article rather than something really personal. So that's where I started. And I was lucky enough to, to get something published pretty quickly in a Mm -hmm. magazine. and, And I, and I, continued with that for a while. And then I joined the International Women's Writing Guild. And I went to one of their conferences. And I walked in feeling like, well, I'm a writer, but I'm not a real writer. And I was a little in- intimidated, oh but God. it was it was an amazing experience because everybody there was incredibly supportive, incredibly warm, incredibly welcoming. Mm-hmm. And by the time I walked out at the end of the weekend, I thought maybe I can do this. Maybe, Mm. maybe I'm not so different from from them. I didn't walk out saying maybe I can write a book, but just maybe I can take this a little bit more seriously than I thought. Okay. And I continued to go to the conferences and that's where I continued to develop my writing. It's where I got my inspiration and Mm. you know, kind of the start, the push start that I needed. And most of my writing really started with kernels of things that I did in workshops through the IWWG. And then I would, after I would get started there, I would bring it home and work on it and polish it. And Mm -hmm. then I started submitting pieces that were more memoir-like, more personal. Mm -hmm. And when they started getting accepted for publication, it kind of increased my confidence. And I just Mm -hmm. went from there. I said, okay, you know, I'm going to do this.
0: So are the places that you were submitting your writing to familiar places are they can you tell us some of the places that you initially were submitting to
1: yeah I just basically researched uh, literary journals I looked at what their guidelines were what Mm. they were looking for and sent out my pieces and the first literary journal to accept one of my pieces was called the cheap ted review and then I got a piece in the MacGuffin and so these weren't magazines these were actual literary journals so to me it was like Mm you know, moving along, stepping up, and the more that I met with success, the more I was willing to try, Mm -hmm. and um, at that time, I was, I had also written a couple of children's picture books, and really wanted to get them published, and I remember going into a, a bookstore, and there was a man signing doing a reading and a book signing for his picture book and i went up to him and i asked him how did you get your book published and he said well it was rejected 200 times before it was accepted and when it was accepted i asked the editor why did you accept it and she said two reasons you spelled my name right and you'd been published before and the previous publication was just you know an article in in a magazine and i walked out that day saying I just have to get 200 rejections and I'm on my way. And it really gave me the confidence to know that rejection was okay. It, you that know, that so was inspiring. part of the game. And yeah. so I never feared rejections. I, I knew that, that that was part of it. A lot of people stop when they get rejected because it hurts too much and you can't do that. You've got to realize that everybody gets rejected. Every writer you know of has gotten rejected. And if you let that stop you, you'll never get any. <sighs> I remember one day getting a, a handwritten rejection And the person just wrote these wonderful things about my writing. And I remember calling my mom and saying, I just got the best rejection of my life. (laughs) All the way you look at it, you know? Yes. Yes. And was that a rejection for the book Untethered? No, that was many, many years ago. It was was just for a short piece I had submitted somewhere. But it was definitely, you know, I started off always being a very sensitive kind of insecure person. But. I think the writer in me took the reins and said, you're not going to let that get in your way.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: and mm-hmm. and I didn't because I knew this was my purpose and this is what I was meant to do. Right. Um, How did you know that? What made that clear to you? I don't know if I have the words for that, but it when I would write something, I would just get a feeling. And when I would share it and somebody else would get a feeling from it, mm. I just knew that that was who I was. That was why I'm here. Mm. That was what, that was the talent I was given, and I shouldn't waste it.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: You know, the the book is about
0: your um your experience living and being raised by a, a parent, a father, who had mental illness, and you yourself raising a daughter who also dealt with mental illness. Yes. Do you think that, you know, those are very deep situations? Do you think... You know, you have to live through, have something traumatic or something dramatic to happen to you or to experience in order to to have
1: something to write about in in terms of memoir. You don't have to have that. Absolutely not. You have to have a story to tell, any any story, and you have to have the passion and the talent to be able to tell it in a way that is universal, it can be personal, but it has to transcend to the universal. It has to reach somebody, not everybody, because no book is going to reach everybody. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there's a quote from the play The Dresser where he says, I don't care if there were only three people out front or if the audience laughs when it shouldn't or does when, when it laughs when it shouldn't or does when it should. One person, just one person is certain to know and understand and I act for him. Mm-hmm. And I take that quote with my writing. I write for the people who are going to understand and who are going to resonate with it. Because not everybody will,
0: yeah, yeah. and if if, yeah, that totally makes sense. So tell us a little bit more about the 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 meat of your of your story. I, you know, mentioned just the the blurb about it. You said it was prose and poetry. Tell us a little bit
1: more about the story. well, you know, when I first started writing it, I thought it was going to be a regular prose memoir. Mm-hmm. But I found that every time I sat down to write, I would write these these short, complete stories. And I just couldn't figure out how to expand this into one long narrative. And so I I came across another writer at the conference who had written a book that were uh, was a, a collection of short pieces. And I said, you know, that really makes sense to me. That's really where my writing shines. And when I realized that, I changed my direction. And kind of at the same time, concurrently, I learned about a poetry workshop in Manhattan and that was being led by one of the um, people who was in the IWWG mm-hmm. and I decided to go I, I asked her you know do you have to be a poet and she said no you don't have to be a poet you can be any kind of writer and I went and I, I wrote and I surprised myself with what I wrote because I never thought of myself mm-hmm. as a poet I always thought poets were up there somewhere in the ether and kind of exclusive club yeah yeah and I wrote and I got a lot of good feedback and i liked it and i decided to keep going mm-hmm. and then i started taking poetry workshops online mm-hmm. with a dear friend of mine who is my mentor and the book would not exist without her her name is martha she's wonderful she's a poet and she just brought out the poet in me that i didn't know existed so a lot of the pieces that i was writing just became poetry it just became it just it was the right form for it. And I decided i couldn't I couldn't be just one thing or the other. I had to combine this and bring my story forth in both poetry and prose. Mm-hmm. And so some of the pieces, the old some of the older pieces were were just prose, but then I wrote newer ones also, depending mm-hmm. on what I was trying to get at. And a lot of the pieces overlap. A lot of the poems resonate with what's in the pro the prose, right. So right. they feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah that's that's how I okay I went about so, it. So
0: a question for you cool. It seems like so many people get off put by somebody in their their educational journey somewhere where they are critiqued and take it to heart and they're just shot down. Were you um, encouraged when you were um, a student, you know, middle school through high school? Were you seen as somebody who is, you know, acknowledged for somebody who liked to
1: write uh, as a good writer? What was your experience when you were a kid? I have a report card from, I think, third grade where the teacher wrote that she loved reading my stories. And when I was in high school, I had a 10th grade English teacher who really encouraged me and saw the talent in me and was very supportive. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to college, I took freshman comp. Everybody takes freshman comp. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't really resonate with my writing. And I got a B and he wasn't very supportive. And, you know, I didn't let it get me down because it was freshman comp is not creative writing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really a very basic class. Mm-hmm. So it bothered me. I mean, I'm human. It bothered me that he he wasn't very supportive, but it didn't really stop oh, me in any way. Gotcha. Um, I have been blessed with that, that I've been, I've found a lot of support. My family was always very supportive okay. of my writing. You know, I, I never had anybody tell me, oh, give it up. You're not good enough. I, I feel very blessed to yeah. have been supportive. That is rather unique. You hear so much of the opposite when I talk to people where they've had to overcome somebody really knocking them down hard. Mm-hmm. I do remember um, my my stepdad, who I re- would rather just refer to him as my dad, who I adore. He has always been super supportive and definitely saw the talent in me and and was a big cheerleader for me. But he was also um, wanting to protect me. And I remember when I told him I wanted to pursue publication, he's like, nobody gets published. And he didn't say it because he was trying to discourage me, but because he wanted me to be aware that it's not easy. You know, you don't just go out and get published. And I said, okay, but I'm still going to try. I'm still going to go for it, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So when you were when you were working on your craft of writing, you had mentioned um, earlier that you were a, a diarist, that you wrote in journals and things like that. Did you ever struggle with thinking that your writing wasn't good enough, that, you know, you weren't as skilled of as a writer, or did that come more naturally to you? I definitely struggled with that,
1: especially because... I've been a member of the IWWG for 22 years Mm -hmm. and surrounded by incredibly talented writers. Mm -hmm. So even when I had confidence in my own writing and I felt good about what I had written, when I would experience their writing, I would sometimes feel a little intimidated because, wow, I thought I was good, but look at how good they are. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, um, Mm -hmm. but it's such a supportive organization that it, it wasn't crippling by any means. It, it What it did do was it inspired me to be the best that I could be. And one thing that I told myself was that, okay, if I don't feel that I'm at that level, then I got to get to that level. Mm-hmm. You know, I never let it pull me back. I always let it inspire me to work harder. Because I don't just mm-hmm. want to write. I want to be good at it. Yeah. And that being good at it means that you, you can have the innate talent, which I believe I do. Mm-hmm. I can have a gift. But if you don't hone that gift and you don't work that gift, it's not going to be the best it can be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense.
0: So another thing I wanted to say, you said about um, having talent and passion earlier. So that's kind of the the talent. And 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 we've talked about that for a second. What about the passion? Where do you think that came from? I, I also was a kid who liked to write in diaries and journals and things like that. And so many people kind of look at me like you're odd, an odd duck for for wanting to do that. But it was always something that that I have enjoyed in my own personal journey. Where do you think your passion
1: came from? I think because it was something that I was good at and it was something that brought me joy. And I didn't feel that I was good at a whole lot of things. Hmm. But when I found this, when I found that this was something I knew I was good at and especially when when i would share my writing at the conferences i would get up and i would read and i would get an audible reaction and people would come up to me afterwards and t- tell me how much it affected them you know had an impact on them that was like a high that was Something I wanted to keep doing. I wanted to be able to move people and to affect people and to make a difference in the world. We all want to make a difference in the world, we, you know. And Stephen yes. Sondheim has a song that says, "You know, the two things you leave behind are children and art." Yes. And I wanted to leave something behind, and I wanted to make a difference, have a legacy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big part of my identity. Yeah. Um, and it made the hardships of life easier because oh, it was so. something because it was something that I had separate from the hardships it was it was the the pearl in in the middle of the the darkness okay did it was it was it a kind of maybe therapy for you too to oh it helped work? a lot it helped a lot
0: okay you know so you, yeah
1: I don't think you. I would have been able to get through a lot of what I went through without being able to to sit down and write it out
0: hmm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's almost like a um, a therapist who who says, "Tell me more," <laughs> and and yeah. you get to the heart of, of of and soul of of what what's happening to you, and you're able to to do some processing probably in a very healthy way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there any other writing groups that you're a part of? Any other women or or other writers that you regularly get together with that are
1: supportive of one another? Online, yes, not face to face. I had a piece published in a online journal called Mothers Always Write, and I'm a part of their Facebook group, and that's mm-hmm. also another supportive um, group, and those are particularly mother writers, so that was more of a niche for, for me as well, and I recently joined like the Authors Guild and mm-hmm. um, SCWBI for children's picture books, but I don't really have a, I haven't really been involved with those groups as much as with the others. Gotcha. do.
0: When you are part of those groups, how did you find them? What what um, did you just Google them to find the groups that you that you're participating in, or is your strategy?
1: With the IWWG, it's been twenty two years. That's a while ago. Before (laughs) I actually found them in the back of Poets and Writers magazine, the uh, the actual paper magazine. That's Mm -hmm. how I found them. And uh, mother's always right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, old school. And mother's always right. I found that online journal from doing a Google search for where I could publish. Mm-hmm. And then once I was published, they introduced me to the Facebook page, which is only for people who've been published in the journal.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. Very cool. So when I'm thinking about your journey in and in, in the different things that you've had published and your, your novel now,
1: what's the status of your children's books? I've had a very hard time with that because mm-hmm. I... had been pursuing publication of my children's books since the 90s with no luck. It's much harder to break into picture books than Hmm. into adults. Is it? uh, Much harder because everybody thinks they can write a picture book. And the truth of the matter is, I think mine may need a little more work. Okay. Um, At least some of them. I have like three, but it's just very hard to break into. And I've I've submitted them many, many times just Hmm. with no luck. I'm not going to give up, but I may consider self-publishing them because I'd rather put them into the world somehow than not at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now that I've been traditionally published with this book, I have to decide which direction I want to go in with with the children's books, because I've been just for so many years, and it's Mm -hmm. so hard. I also noticed a change in that market. For many, many, many years, you had to submit a picture book just with the text, and Mm -hmm. the publisher would find the illustrator. Mm -hmm. Now, more and more, I notice that they're looking for Books that are both written and illustrated mm. by the same person, like a package. I, I was going to ask I don't, you about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not an artist, okay. so um, I, I could theoretically hire an artist and then submit it as a package, but it, it's, it's, it's changing. The landscape's changing. And so now I have to kind of figure out how to go about that.
0: Hmm. Okay, so it's part, of, it's
1: a learning process, and, and it sounds like that's what
0: you're expecting. You're not expecting it to be easy, no. but you're not giving up. You're just continuing to 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 poke it here, poke it there, you know, just continue to to work the process. Absolutely, but, and and that's such a big part of of so many people's stories who've who've been successful. Is it's it's like it happened. <laughs> it's almost like a surprise, but um, you know, from the outside looking in, the work and the dedication that authors have to exhibit and be you know just personify is really the the moral of the story is
1: just that absolutely i mean especially when you're submitting a a, manu- a book manuscript because it's a very lengthy process you can wait six or eight months just to hear back mm-hmm. and you get your hopes up and you check your email every day And then you get a rejection and you got to go back and start all over. And you you may find a publisher that you think this one sounds really good. And then then you get a rejection and it's it's disappointing, it's frustrating, it's time consuming. But I remember every night I would pray, not for my book to be published, but to find the right publisher. Because I didn't want any Mm. publisher. I didn't want just anybody to say, "Okay, we'll publish your book. Mm. I wanted to find a publisher who was passionate about it who loved it who really wanted to bring it into the world mm-hmm. and yeah. it was worth the wait it was worth all the rejections because i found the right publisher i found somebody who loves my book as much as i do
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's very important to me
0: so when you were getting um when you when you were writing the book how did you know that it was done how did you know that it, it was at a point where your
1: story was complete. I think I jumped the gun on that one. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very short book. It's only 74 pages. Mm-hmm. But when I got to about 56 pages, because, you know, poetry books can be very short. chapbooks mm-hmm. books can be, I got to about 56 pages and I thought, okay, you know, it's ready. And I think it was just because I felt like I had written about everything in the way that I wanted to write about it. And I started sending it out. It even had a different title at that point. And I started getting the rejections and I started getting feedback. Some of the publishers mm. were nice enough to give me some some really helpful and beneficial feedback okay. that I think all writers should pay attention to. Not all feedback is helpful or even accurate, but you really have to take it in and think about it and decide for yourself. Because if you just out of hand dismiss it, you might miss something. And I was blessed enough to get some really good feedback. And I realized at that point that the book wasn't the best it could be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I had, while I was waiting to hear back from these publishers, I had continued to take workshops. And every time I take a workshop, I write something. And I just happened to be writing about what was important to me, which was the same topics I was writing about before. And suddenly I was producing better pieces. Mm. And I'm thinking, this should be in the book. This should be in the book. And when I realized that, I stopped submitting it for a, a little bit, I got, I added the pieces to the book mm-hmm. and then I sent it out in, an, in a new form. Mm-hmm. And I felt much better about the longer version with the better pieces than I did the shorter version. Okay. Did you redo any of the pieces? That were already in the book. I yeah, I mean, I redid them a lot as I went. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the pieces were just pulled. My publisher just said, you know, and she was absolutely right because I kind of put everything in the kitchen sink in there. And she's like, no, we're going to pull this because it doesn't go, and we're going to make it, you know, smoother. We rearrange the order, oh. and she really, she really helped with making the book shine.
0: Okay. So that brings me to my next question. A lot of people want to know about editing and what your process was for both
1: self-editing and putting it out there and getting the feedback from other people. I tend to edit as I go, and I will edit again after I think the poem is done. I'll go back and reread it, and you know if I feel like something isn't right, I'll tweak it. But really, I have to credit my my friend Marge again. I would take a workshop with her. I would produce some poems. I would work on them, and then I would hire her to take a look at the poems and give me feedback. And we would go back and forth until the poem was where it needed to be.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it was extremely helpful because she really had good insight Mm -hmm. and my poems benefited greatly from her Mm -hmm. feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: You really have to find somebody you trust and somebody that you're willing to kind of be vulnerable with and, Be willing to work with, because Mm -hmm. it's hard when someone says this isn't working and this is what you should do. So you got to find somebody that you resonate with and that you feel safe with. And I felt very safe with Marge. And one thing she always did was, this is your work. So if this doesn't work for you, then don't do it. You know, and and that, so it always came back to my own choices. Right. Most of the time I went with what she said. Okay. Occasionally, and in very small ways, I was like, "Mm, No. And you have to do that. You have to trust yourself. Yeah. But for the most part, she had excellent feedback for me. and My po- my, my poems wouldn't be what they were, what they are without her.
0: So and I owe what, her
1: a lot for that. What
0: about the prose? Did she also look at your the prose and, and give you feedback on those too?
1: Or, or how did you deal with that part? She did look at the prose and give me feedback. She's definitely more of a poet, but she definitely did give me feedback. And I did take it from her, but it was much more minimal than... The poetry. I did work some of my prose in the IWWG workshops. Mm-hmm. I had feedback from those workshops with prose pieces that I had written. And there were also like one of the pieces that I wrote, I, I worked with the editor of the journal it was published in. And so by the time it was published in the book, it had been worked with an editor who knew what she was doing as well. And then I worked with my editor at the publishing company to kind of hone things and make them better. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of pieces in the book that didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of editing and probably, you know, would have appreciated more feedback, but it just didn't happen. But most of my pieces were definitely worked in one way or another with somebody at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about working with an editor. That's the other thing. You know, I think lots of people have this this feeling of this is my baby. You know, <laughs> don't tell me my there's anything wrong with my baby. And then when you find a publisher and you've got an editor, they're going to give you their their thoughts. And tell us a little bit more about that editor that you that that you're working with.
1: Well, it was actually the publisher and her editor who both worked with me on editing. And I'm very grateful that they were open to collaboration. Mm. It was never, this is how it's going to be. And that's it. It was never like that. Um, There were some poems that were pulled that she said, you know, we're not going to put it in the book. And I was okay with that. Most of them, I totally agreed with her. There were two I would have preferred to stay in the book, but they weren't like poems that I was so attached to that I was devastated that they were pulled. Mm -hmm. When we did the editing of the pieces that stayed in the book, we would, they would give me notes. And then I would work with the piece myself to try to do what they wanted Mm -hmm. Um, and then we would zoom together and we would talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I was comfortable enough to be able to say, I'm not sure about that because Mm -hmm. or I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. agree with that because, and they were very open to hearing it. Mm -hmm. And she always said, ultimately it's your work. And if you're not comfortable with it, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. You have the last say. And so sometimes I actually went with some of her suggestions that I wasn't exactly on board with, but it wasn't so bad that i felt i couldn't live with it and that's something that you have to as a writer you have to be able to ask yourself what can you live with and what you can't because if mm-hmm. you fight everything you're not going to make your, you're not going to make friends in this business no nope. but if you feel something really doesn't do you justice you have to find a diplomatic way of saying that mm-hmm. there was one poem in the book that had actually been nominated for a push card it was one that was extremely important to me and they were going to pull it And I said, no, 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 I need this poem and this is why. And they said, okay, it'll stay. I chose very carefully what to Mm -hmm. to push and what not to, because I needed to not be a difficult person to work with. It's very important to to be able to work well in this business because it's a very small business and word gets out. And I don't want to burn any bridges. Mm -hmm, mm So what I could live with, I lived with. And what I couldn't, I was very diplomatic. And oh, luckily, nice. I, I had wonderful, wonderful people that I was working with who really respected that.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's 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 so profoundly important to realize that and and understand how what you're doing is, is a give and a take. And you know, they have their standards and their expectations and their thoughts, and they're helping you, and you're giving them a product, and it really has to make you all happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what about the the cover
1: art? What can you tell me about you know some of those those other details? That was very interesting. We worked a very long time. We went back and forth trying to find the cover. Yeah. And um, she sent me a lot of images from Shutterstock. A lot of them were photographs, and some of the ones that I liked, she didn't. Some of the ones that she liked, I didn't. And then ultimately, she chose one, and we were going to go with that. But then I guess I guess she felt like no, we should still look. And so she was looking and I was looking and I came across the picture Mm -hmm. of this tree woman that's on the cover of my book and she fell in love with it and I fell in love with it and we said, this is, this is it. We both just loved Mm -hmm. that image and we felt it was perfect for the book. Mm -hmm. And then she continued looking and she found other images that were by the same artist Mm -hmm. that really fit each section of the book perfectly. And so we started each section with a a different picture. And Mm -hmm. it was like it was meant to be. Um, My favorite color is sage green, and it just happened to have a sage green background. And the feeling was what I was looking for. And I have gotten so many comments on the cover that I know it was the right one. I mean, originally, we were going to go with like a photograph of a rope. And it would have been okay, but it wouldn't have been what, what we ended up with. Did you then contact the artist and did you have to do
0: negotiations to be able to use it? It was course? through
1: Shutterstock. So it was um, oh, it was we all we had to do was pay the fee for Shutterstock and it was open. Okay. It wasn't copyrighted in that sense. Mm-hmm. So we had we had no problems with that at all.
0: Oh, so it really, once again, sounds like a real symbiotic relationship. You know, you're working together very well. And what about the
1: title of the book? Was that always the title that you had for your story? No, um, the original title was Between Love and Madness, which was one of the poems, which was one of the poems that they wanted to cut um, because I thought it was very good at um, showing that I was between mm-hmm. n- not only two generations, but between yeah. love and mental illness. So yeah. I thought Between Love and Madness was a good title, but then I wrote a piece in the book called Untethered mm-hmm. and I realized that the book is about minds being untethered relationships being untethered and pregnancies being untethered mm. and I thought it really encompassed the whole thing mm-hmm. and so I changed the title to untethered and I changed oh. that title before I submitted it to this publisher and she loved the title so that, it, it just stayed okay so you're the one who is who initiated
0: this title and your publisher liked it yes hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so what kinds of what kinds of advice would you want to give for to people who um who maybe have a story and maybe they don't um maybe they've 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 dabbled a little bit in writing their story down, but they they kind of look at people like you that have a book that's been published as, like I said, the unicorn, you know, somebody who's unique and special. What kinds of advice do you have for people who are are wannabe writers, but for whatever reason?
1: haven't yet. I still feel like I'm in the other camp and they should be giving me advice. (laughs) I would say that um, definitely get involved in either a group or with a mentor for somebody who can help you hone your writing because the more you do it, the better you'll feel. As Mm -hmm. you see your writing progressing, you're going to get more confident. That's where the confidence comes from being a better writer and doing it over and over and over. If you're a woman, the International Women's Writing Guild is the place to be. If you're a man, I don't have a suggestion, but find a a mentor or a group that you feel safe with and that you feel has your best interests at heart, because I know there are some not so good ones out there, Mm -hmm. and work on your writing and make it the best that it can be. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Perseverance is huge. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. If anybody speaks negatively, do you tune them out, walk away, and go to the people who have your back. Find your tribe. Because Mm -hmm. if this is something you want to do, you can do it. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. takes work. It takes time. It takes passion. And it takes perseverance. But if you're willing to do that, it will happen. I'm not special. I I just didn't give up.
0: There you go. There you go. What is in the, in store in your future? What are you looking forward to? Where are you going? What other what other um, ideas have you got up your sleeve? Have you got, have you got more um, books in your head? What's, what's happening for you next?
1: I'm working on a second book, mm-hmm. which is um, a poetry book. And it's, I lost my best friend to COVID. Mm. And I lost another dear friend several months later. And I'm writing a book of poems dedicated to, to these two friends, basically elegies to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I actually, I had written about four poems and I had sent them to my mentor. And she said to me, these poems are too personal. You're too close to it. It hasn't transcended to the universal yet.
0: Oh. Which makes
1: sense. I'm still, I get choked up talking about it um mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: i have no i knew my best friend since toddlerhood we were each other's maid of honor we were pregnant with our daughters together her mother is my second mom we grew up around the block from each other mm-hmm. and one day she was gone she was a perfectly healthy mother of two and so i think i'm a little bit still too close to the material to be able to transcend that yet but that's mm-hmm. my next project and that's mm-hmm. i'm hoping that now that my book is published and i'm not in that whirlwind of having to get it done. I can actually dedicate some time to grieving and then moving through that and working on my next book because I really want to put a book out for both my friend Rena and my friend Lori, who I lost.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So while you're doing that, are you doing anything um, special or specific to, to the, the untethered? Are you doing anything to get it out into the world? what what are you doing to to get the word out
1: about your book to people who need to know i haven't done anything yet it just came out last month and i just had surgery so that kind of pushed things back but i'm definitely planning to get the word i mean i've i've had i've gotten the word out on facebook Mm -hmm. And through my various groups that I'm a a part of, I've gotten the word out through them. And I have people have read it and have given me feedback on it. So it's it's slowly making its way into the world. But I am trying to figure out and navigate the marketing aspect, which is totally overwhelming because I don't know much about it. And it's Mm -hmm. also very expensive. And, you know, you got to kind of figure out where you want to put the few dollars that you have.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, My publisher did hook me up with a publicist. Mm-hmm. and she did actually give her a little bit of money to mm-hmm. to do some publicity and i w- i'm going to add to that but i haven't heard from her she's a little bit mm-hmm. hard to get a hold of so i'm mm-hmm. working on that as well i'm heading off tomorrow to an iwwg conference but when i get back i'm going to um look look into contacting her again and seeing if she can help me get word out yeah. but i really need to educate myself on on what what to do in terms of marketing that is mm-hmm. something that i'm i'm really not sure
0: about I suppose when you're writing the book, you're working on writing and then you you're working on getting published and you don't need to put the cart before the horse. So you're it sounds like you're you're hitting each step of the the book process in order. And I guess yeah, that's what most people I mean, that's what we should be doing. Not not necessarily worrying about how to do this before it's time to do it. I know there was somebody that I was following and they were feeling very um, bummed that they put all this work into a book. And now it felt like nobody was reading it. So what do you think about that?
1: I think that that's understandable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we all want our voice to be heard. Yeah. And You know, it's like when you give birth to a baby, you want everybody to to say how beautiful it is. (laughs) When you give birth to a book, you know, you want that too. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's natural and um, it's frustrating because it's a big world and it's Mm -hmm. very hard to get known and to get out there. But I think fortunately in today's world, there's so many influencers and podcasters and all kinds of things going on online that if you can figure out how to tap into it, you can get there.
0: Well, I found you on the Memoir Writers Facebook site and, you know, you are putting yourself out there. You made the announcement. Hey, my book is published. Yay me, you know, and, you know, by doing that, I found you. And so that's how it's it's doing all the things that you can think of like you did with trying to get your book published and all the rejection slips. You know, there are going to be people that see your post and go, oh, good for her or, Oh, like, you know, and there are going to be some people that go that she's really interesting. I've got to pick up that book and I'm going to ask her to be on my podcast. You know, And so yeah. it's it's by being by positively moving forward that you are going to achieve that as well. So I have no doubt whatsoever. So it's just been so lovely to talk to you and, and hear about your book and your process. You've been so inspiring. And and I really appreciate just the your openness to share your journey with with everybody. Um, that's a very special thing that, that's, that's, I'm Thank really you. appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Great. So before I let you go here, where are the, the places? I will of course put um, this information in the show notes, but where are the places people can find you and find your book?
1: It's at Amazon. It's at barnesandnoble.com. It's at um, walmart.com. It's also available in um, Denmark, Japan, a bunch of different countries. Um I can't even remember them all. Um <laughs> in various places online. I, I don't even know all the names, but like p- pretty much anywhere online that you find books, you can find my book. Okay. Um and the easiest ones would be Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
0: Sure. And what about you? Where where do you, where can you people find you specifically? I
1: do have a Facebook page okay. that I recently um an author Facebook page that I recently started so they can certainly message me on there. It's Deborah L. Staunton, author. And through my publisher, Repress LC, they can they can email my publisher and get a hold of me. I am looking to start to make a website. Again, I need to find somebody who can help me do that. I'm I'm on Instagram but only because my daughter set a count up for me. <laughs> but I I could make my way back there at some point. I'm not very I'm not very technological. So I'm trying. Oh, oh,
0: that's wonderful. <laughs> I think we're all uh, in, in that uh, lots of us are in that same boat. So I really uh, I really understand myself and appreciate that that sentiment. So Beautiful. Well, Deborah, Deb, thank you so much for, for this conversation. I wish you all the best. And I know that with your, your tenacity and just your passion for the story that you've put out there, I know that you're going to be successful and um, you're moving forward in the way that is really obviously bringing you a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction. And I can really see that your your achievement is well earned. And, and I expect that your book is going to really bring you continue to bring you a lot of joy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Okay, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, you've got to come over to Sidetrack Sisters and join our membership. It's a year long program that gives you writing topics and encouragement for your own legacy project. We will provide guidance and support as you record your thoughts and stories over the course of 52 weeks. Then, At the end of the year, we will publish your writing in a beautiful keepsake book. So join us at sidetracksisters.com. We'd love to inspire you to look at your own life, tap into your memories, find the wisdom, and write it down as a legacy for your loved ones. Until next time, take care.